It just keeps getting better and better. And of course, I want to thank uh, Lisa Schmidt, and uh, she's our administrative assistant, and Melissa, uh, who uh, decorated. I, I just let her uh, come up with whatever idea that she wanted, and she did a great job. Amen? Amen. And uh, for Miss Dottie, who helped in the kitchen, and uh, hopefully I didn't forget anybody, but uh, it's a great night. You know, it's just an opportunity for you guys to uh, receive from the Lord. And if you didn't already, um, we have a free gift for you on the black table. It's a pedometer. Uh, so you can measure your steps or you can tell the time. And uh, it says, uh, Everyday Hero on the Band. You know, I believe that you can be an everyday hero as you follow God every day. Amen. Um, hallelujah. So we are glad that you, you guys are glad to be here tonight. Amen. I mean, you could have done anything else on this Friday night, but you chose to be here. Amen. And uh, some of you made the trip. And uh, But, you know, I'm glad to be part of a, uh, a family of God. You know, our family, the family of God, we got relatives in heaven, we got relatives in earth, we got relatives on every continent. You know, you're part of a big family. And uh, I am a, a, a Raymond grad, and, you know, I want to honor my district representative. Um, it's been a, uh, I got into the habit five years ago, I write a book every year, and I try to make it come out for the men's conference, and this is my new book called The Business a blessing and being blessed. And I just want to welcome Pastor Chris Corn here from Spring Mills. And I'm going to give it to you, brother. You're making our district great again. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good to have you guys and our brothers from Lancaster and uh, everything. Amen. Say, so it's going to be a good night. Because I'm here, and Jesus is here. You can't go wrong, amen? Hallelujah. Well, I have the privilege of uh, giving you the word. Since it's my conference, I can give you the word. <laughs> no, this is, a, this is the Lord's conference. I mean, He's put this on our heart. We don't just do anything, just do it. Amen? And, uh, Everything we do, we do it because God wants us to do it. Or we don't do it because He doesn't want us to do it. Amen? Hallelujah. And, uh, God's got to make you laugh a little bit, alright? This is called the Hot Cross Pastor. When my husband, uh, James Rolls, was in the seminary, he was invited to preach in a small rural church. However, the man, was to, the man who was to introduce him to the congregation had trouble pronouncing his name. So James uh, offered this verbal clue. Remember rolls. Like hot buttered rolls. It worked. When it came time uh, for the introduction, the man announced, we are pleased to have with us the Reverend James Biscuits. <laughs> Hot rolls, I guess, right? <laughs> Hallelujah.
and uh, you know, um, we, we live in uh, Amish country, and if you're Amish, I don't need any disrespect by this, but what do you call an Amish with this hand in the horse's mouth? A mechanic. <laughs> All right. And for the first time this year, we're also live streaming, so if you're watching us, we just want to welcome you. And uh, it's good to have you, good to be able to reach out. Hallelujah. Are you guys ready this evening? Yep. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 11. Deuteronomy, chapter 11. And... Uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the blessing. You know, the blessing of God, it is the power to increase. It is the power to multiply, to subdue, to take dominion, and to fill the earth. It was actually the first thing that God spoke to man after he created it. Genesis 1.28. He blessed them. Are you blessed? Yep. He said, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Look at your neighbor and smile and maybe say, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. And it is your faith that turns the switch on for the power of the blessing to have, for you to have. And, you know, God's blessing is so incredible and so powerful that it causes good to happen to you wherever you are. I mean, Abraham lived in the desert. He, he didn't really own property, did he? But that man was blessed, wasn't he? God's blessing on you will cause good things to happen to you. And uh, it'll help you succeed and prosper in life. A blessed man is someone, first and foremost, that has a relationship with God. When you enter into a relationship with God, you become the blessed. You're too blessed to be stressed. Say, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And it's great to be free from the world system and to be part of a kingdom. You know, God wants to change the culture. He wants to bring the kingdom culture to where we are. And as I was preparing for tonight, I prayed for y'all a lot. Amen? And uh, I began to think of some things. What happens when we hear the word of God like we're doing right now in this moment? What are some things that happen. Faith comes to your heart. When you're hearing God's word, faith is coming to your heart. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. The only thing that's going to change your situation in life is your faith in God. Faith moves mountains. Faith does the impossible. When you hear the word of God, life floods your soul. How many could use some life? Not death, life. Not sickness, healing, life. 
when, when you hear the word of God, transformation arrives and it's ready to begin. The moment you hear the word, you have an opportunity to be transformed. And then we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we renew our mind? We get new information. When we hear the word of God, weakness gives way to strength. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Weakness gives way to strength. (coughs) When we hear the word, blindness gives way to sight. Not like the Pharisees who were blind, leading the blind, and they both fall into the ditch. But did you know that the word of God is eye-opening? That's a loaded statement. When we hear the word, blessings abound. They don't just trickle. They abound. That's increase. That's plenty. That's fullness. When we hear the word of God, this is what happens. When we hear the word, favor flows. Why was Joseph so successful? Because he had God's favor. He had favor in the pit, favor in Potiphar's house, and favor in the prison. And he had favor as prime minister of the nation. How many believers were in Egypt at the time of Joseph? Probably one. I guess you can't really say that because I'm a minority, I can't do anything. But how many know when we're with God, we're a majority? Right? When we hear the word, increase bubbles over. You can't contain it. It's going to be like a soda that's been shook up and you take off the lid. It's going to get it on someone. Amen? You, the blessing was designed to bubble over. David said, he anoints my head with oil and my cup. What? It runs over. Amen. God wants to give me. He knows how much that cup can hold. But he wants that cup to run over. Amen. He wants you to help someone out of the overflow. When we hear the word, sins are forgiven. It doesn't matter how you missed the mark or what you did wrong. Sins are forgiven. Say, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. He said that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just not only to forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. You go to that church and bring us, yeah, my brain was so filthy, it didn't be clean. When we hear the word of God, sickness gives way to healing. No one who was sick came to Jesus left still sick. Everyone who came to him was healed. And he is the word. Jesus is the, he's the word in the flesh. When we hear the word, the low are lifted. So if you came in here tonight and you were feeling a little low, you're about to have a faith lift. You're about to get lifted up. Amen? God wants to lift. He's in the lifting up business. He'll pull you out of the clay. He'll get you unstuck. If you feel like your life is stuck, he can, he can get you unstuck. When we hear the word, the depressed are joyful. Put on the garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. 
Joy, let me say, joy full. Jesus never made joy empty. He made joy full. When we hear the word, salvation is birthed. People get born again. They get saved. And change occurs. Amen? Amen. So Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 26 and 28. And there's a sheet on your table that has 31 blessed man scriptures. You can be blessed every day of the month. And you can just repeat it for next month. Amen? That's yours to keep. Alright? I'm a teacher, so uh, I have notes. I'm not going to... Well, yeah, okay. Uh, I have 20 pages of notes, but I learned that I'm going to give you all 20. Did you hear about the farmer one time? There was, this pastor was in a small country church, and there was a big snowstorm, and one farmer showed up to hear the message, and the pastor, man, he gave him all he had. And when it was done, you know, the pastor said, how was it? He said, preacher, he said, that was pretty good. But he said, when, when I go out into the field and one cow shows up, I don't give him the whole load. <laughs> Amen. So Deuteronomy 11.26. Behold. That means look. I've set before you this day, everybody say this day. This day. A blessing and a curse. A blessing if, everybody say if, if. You obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey. Alright? But if, if you will not obey the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. Alright. So, according to this scripture, you're one decision away from being blessed or cursed. If he set before you this day a blessing and a curse, God doesn't force you to choose the blessing. He doesn't make you choose it. Amen. He just sets it before you. Like you didn't have to eat that for tonight. We just set it before you. Or that beef. Or those cookies. Or that macaroni and cheese. If you want the blessing, you can have it. But if you want the curse, you can have it too. Did you know when, when, when man sinned, God did not come out of heaven and knock the fruit out of his hand? Why? He gave him his word. His word was sufficient to keep them from harm. He could have kept the garden with the word, but he didn't go with the word. He went with his feelings and other things. God sets a blessing before you, and if you you got to agree with Jesus. You got to choose to obey the Lord and do what He commands. 
You're one decision away from being blessed or cursed. And that's every day. Guess what? Tomorrow is going to present before you a new set of circumstances. A new set of opportunities. And how many know every day we're filled we're with decisions, aren't we? Yep. Do this, do that, don't do this. So the choice is obey or disobey. The decision is yours. Which path are you currently on? Is the path that you're on now going to get you to where God wants you to be? He, he said in, in the book of Matthew, he said, Wide is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life. Which path are you on? It doesn't, it's not hard to get destroyed. Nope. It can be done easy. Amen? Did you know that, how many know the prodigal son? We know the prodigal son, don't we? Yep. Yep. He was in a situation where he ended up, up being cursed and not blessed. Alright? He made a choice. He was going to take his money now and he was going to spend it on righteous living and he did and when the money was gone, where was he left? He was cursed. He had no money, he had no food, he had no home, and he had no hope. But he didn't have to stay there. Say, I don't have to stay there. Say, I don't have to stay sick. Say, I don't have to stay broke. So, I don't have to stay depressed. I don't have to stay down. We can make a choice to change. This is what the prodigal son did. He decided... When he came to himself, he decided that he was going to change and go after the blessing. If I just go home, I see how blessed my father's servants are. I see how well they eat. If I just go home, if I just make a change. He chose the blessing. He went home. He was loved. He was accepted. And he was restored. He got more than what he... He was offering to be a servant. But God was telling him he never lost his sonship. As long as you know where home is, you, you haven't lost your sonship. Amen? Amen. <coughs> but he changed his situation, didn't he? Yep, yep. Hallelujah. How about Paul? The Apostle Paul. He's out there persecuting Christians. He's a Christian terrorist. Right? He thought he was doing God's will by incarcerating people who believed in Jesus until he met Jesus. And then he realized all that he'd been doing up to that point was in vain. Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Oh no, I wasn't persecuting you. Yes, you are. You're persecuting me. Do it to the least. You do it to me. That's what Jesus said, right? But you know how God works? God gave Paul three days to see if he wanted to go after the blessing. He had three days to think about it. He was blind for three days. What else are you going to do but think about it? Amen? And uh, Paul decided that he was going to stop persecuting and start preaching. And that's exactly what he did. And thank God. Amen? He chose to change his situation. All right? I want to give you six things 
tonight. Six things. To determine if you're a blessed man. Six things that you can do to determine to go after the blessing. Amen? Now the blessing comes from God. The blessing always gets transferred from one greater to one lesser. He chooses to bless you, but you've got to choose to receive it. You've got to choose to walk in it, and you've got to choose to live it. The difference between being cursed and blessed is about, number one, who you believe. Whether you're cursed or whether you're blessed, it's about who you believe. Believe in God. Jesus told his disciples, you believe in God, believe also in me. Everybody say believe. Believe. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. I am so excited. And I'm not afraid to show my emotion for Jesus. You know, it's okay to get excited and get it. You, you can participate. No, there's freedom in here. Amen? Amen. We're, we're, we're men. Right? Amen. We have a voice. Amen. Real men don't cry. Well, how come Jesus wept? Oh, there are no, there are no more manly men than Jesus, and he wept. You've got you to get over that thing, men don't cry. Why did, listen, crying is just window cleaning. <laughs> the eyes are the windows to your heart. It's just kind of window cleaning. One time a guy walked into an antique shop. He was a Christian man, full of the Holy Ghost, full of power. And he walked in, and the clerk in the antique store just dropped to his knees and started repenting. And the Christian guy's going, what's wrong? And the, the clerk said, I looked into your eyes and I saw Jesus. And, so, and, and, and then the guy said, well... It's his windows. He can look out the windows anytime he wants to. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. If you be willing and obedient. Isn't willingness and obedience two qualities of faith? If you be willing and obedient, you'll what? You'll eat the good of the land. I don't know about you, but I want to eat good. Now, I've been actively losing weight, but I want to eat good. Amen? In other words, if you consent your will to obey, proof of love is obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, what? Keep my commands. Keep them involves doing them. Doesn't mean just put them on the shelf and look at them. Oh, those are so nice commands. Did you see those commands? They're so awesome. No, it actually means to actually get in your heart and actually put it in practice in your life. You'll never find a more practical book than the Bible. If you consent your will and be obedient to your actions, if you're willing, if you submit to God, you know, you'll never have authority if you don't submit to authority. The Bible says if you submit to God, then you're in a position to resist the devil. What if you don't submit to God? Then the devil will be attracted to you. 
After all, he was the first one to pull a pride. Right? The devil loves unsubmissive people. He's like, I can use them really good. Who go against authority. <laughs> one time, I was in the, uh, I was in the service. <laughs> and the pastor made a good point. This lady said, now you tell it on him. Now you tell it on him. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, if you're willing and obedient, the two go together. There was a young boy one time who was disrupting the class. And his teacher said, now you need to sit down. And he said, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. He was looking like he was submissive, but he wasn't submissive from the heart, was he? You know, God looks at your heart. He doesn't look at your actions. When God wanted the king, he didn't look at the muscles. He didn't look at the height. He didn't even consider the skill of a warrior. He looked at the heart. He looked at something that no man can see. God is concerned about your heart. And you know what? We live our lives out of our hearts. How can you tell what's in a person's heart? Just listen to them and watch them for five minutes. Because what's in your heart will come out. If you're not in faith, it will come out. If you're doubting, it will come out. That's why we got to get the word in our hearts. So when, when, when we're squeezed, the word comes out. We've got to be like a word sponge. Now, I've discovered something about the good of the land. It's a land that yields its increase. According to Barnes, it's soil that shall not be devoured by strangers. It's in accordance with the promise that God made. It's the land of distinguished fertility. That means when you plant it in that land, it is going to grow. And then God has brought you to a land that flows with milk and honey. What's our land now? Our land is all the promises of Jesus Christ. So number one, to determine if you're blessed or cursed, who are you believing? What do you believe? Believing in God releases power and life and strength. Even Jesus said, have faith in God. Number two, the difference between being blessed or cursed is who you follow and who you submit to. Who you follow. Jesus said, follow me. He said, matter of fact, he took it far. He said, if you want to follow me, you need to deny yourself. And pick up your cross. And what? And follow me. <laughs> I, I read in a book one time. He said, I was in a fight with the old man. It was a tough fight. Uh, oh, wait. Um, no, I'm, I'm misquoting it. Anyway, sorry about that. He was talking about fighting the carnal nature. He said it was a tough fight. You know, sometimes it's not so easy to, to deny ourselves. 
And to pick up our, what's your cross? Your cross is whatever God has assigned you to do. It's whatever He's called you to do. It's whatever He's equipped you to do. Your cross is your divine assignment, which you were born with, by the way. God has not changed His assignment about you. We were born with our assignment. How many times did the prophets and the angels talk about someone who wasn't born and say, this is what they're going to do when they're born. Our assignment comes with us when we're created. You, everyone in here has a divine purpose from God. Whether or not you're walking in it, that's your choice. It's the, either the blessing or the curse. I was talking with my son Gabriel one time, and um, I had determined that from the age I was 16, I had worked 34 different jobs. Not because I, I didn't get fired from any of them. I just would either uh, change things or, you know, but 34, but since I've, I've been pastoring this church for 18 years, I guess I found my calling. Amen? Been preaching the gospel for a little bit longer, been pastoring for 18 years. I love what I do. After 18 years, I'm still having the time of my life. <laughs> I'll never forget, Pastor Chris, one time we went to a, a round table, and, uh, Boy, nothing like, nothing like getting a wet blanket. You know, I'm, I'm a young pastor, right? I just, I just got to where God called me to be, and, and I'm excited, and I'm, and I'm sharing with these pastors around this table, and they're like, oh, the honeymoon will be over. It ain't over! 18 years, I'm still on a honeymoon! Amen. Amen. Why? This is what God called me to do. This is where God called me to be in this season of my life. I know that I know that I know that I'm supposed to be here. When I was in Bible school, God said, I'm going to travel for a short time and then I was a pastor. That's exactly what happened. I didn't. I grew up in Illinois. I didn't know Paul Myra, Pennsylvania. I didn't know anybody involved. I didn't even know it existed. But God brought me here. God took a boy from Illinois. He took him to Oklahoma, then to Cleveland, Tennessee. I met a woman from South America. We got married, and we lived in Tennessee, and then we moved to Pennsylvania. Here we are, we're still here. Amen? That's why I always say, home is where my toothbrush is. Home is where your toothbrush is, right? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Are you acquainted with his voice? You know, his voice will determine where you're going to get the blessing. God told the prophet Elijah, after he shut up heaven, he told the king, right? It's not going to rain except that my word. Now, he was speaking, Lord, if you read Deuteronomy 11, it talks about when you disobey God, God's going to shut up the heaven. Elijah had scriptural evidence to shut up the heaven. Because Ahab was the most wicked king of, of that time up to that point. Right? Yep. So he said, I'm going to shut up heaven. So, God, the Bible said, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying. Everybody say, saying. Elijah didn't have a printed page then. But God had a voice. And the voice of God told him to go to the brook Cherith. And he said, there you're going to drink water. And ravens are going to bring you a big back in the morning. And they're going to bring you a whopper in the evening. Bread and meat, right? Maybe a sausage pizza, I don't know. Oh, by the way, you know who was the pizza delivery boy in the Bible? David. David. He brought bread and cheese to his brothers. He was delivering pizza. 
Come on, guys, gotta loosen up a little bit, right? Have some fun. Sir, who, who are you following? Jesus said, follow me. He said, my sheep don't listen to a stranger's voice. I'm going to say this. How many people are listening to the government on how they should worship right now? They, I mean, all I'm going to say about it is they didn't establish the church. Nope. But yet, a lot of people are listening to them. You know, our God is a creator. I, I like. I heard about one church. They they weren't able to open, so they. But the casino was open, so they had church in the casino. Amen. Yeah, you get creative. What what did the Bible say? If no one praises me, the rocks are going to cry. I'm not going to let a rock cry out. I'm going to be praising them. Amen? Amen. Don't let a rock outdo you. It's time to open your voice and praise the Lord. So who you following? Number three. You know you're blessed or you're cursed by how you live. How you live. What your lifestyle is like. Psalm 128.1 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the, Lord, fears the Lord and walks in His ways. Every time the Bible talks about a walk, it's talking about living every day. We walk by faith and not by faith. Right. We walk in the newness of life. It's a lifestyle. How you live matters. God just... Jesus did not go on the cross, shed his blood, get whooped, have his beard pulled out, have a crown of thorns on his head, a spear in his side, nails in his wrist, nails in his feet, whip on his back, just for you to sit on a log and do nothing. God expects you to live like Jesus. I didn't say that. Jesus said it. Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2. It says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies and seek him with their whole hearts. Four times the Bible says, both New Testament and Old Testament, it says the just shall live by faith. Faith is a lifestyle. You've got to go to bed tonight in faith. You've got to wake up tomorrow in faith. You've got to eat your lunch in faith. You've got to change your oil in faith. Amen? I had a car one time. That car was an oil. I anointed it with a quart of oil every week. No. Second Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become what yeah. new. How many quit doing some old things when you met Jesus? Why? Because because he brought about a change. You stop doing those old things. Why? First of all, they lost their desire. Secondly, you you, you know. 
You entered into something new. I got born again when I was 12. I'm 51 now. You do the math. 39 years. <laughs> Did I make some mistakes along the way? Yeah. Will I make more mistakes? Yeah. But you know what? Every time I get knocked down, I'm getting back up. I'm not going to quit. Amen? I'm like a weeble. Some of, some, some of the, the kids today, they don't know what a weeble is. Remember? Weebles wallow, but they don't fall down. They have a rounded bottom, right? There were these little dogs that had a rounded bottom. You could knock them down, but they pop right back up. Knock them down. Christians are weebles, man. We, we, get, we may get knocked down, but we're getting right back up. Amen? Yeah. Say amen if you're getting up. Amen. Say hallelujah if you're getting up. Hallelujah. I don't care what you experience. I don't care if you had ten bad days in a row. You're going to keep going. You're going to keep moving forward. That's what we do. I mean, the devil was relentless in trying to stop Jesus from accomplishing his purpose. People were trying to kill him. He would just walk away. You realize in Luke chapter 4, when he preached his first sermon, this is encouraging the young ministers. They wanted to throw him off a cliff. Hey, when you follow God and you put your, they might want to throw you off a cliff. How about Jeremiah? I'm going to send you to a group of people, but don't look at their face because they're not going to hear what you say, but I want you to say it anyway. You know what's like preaching to a crowd? A crowd of Clint Eastwood Christians. Go ahead, make my day. <laughs> Can you imagine preaching to a group of people that you know are not going to receive your message, but you've got to go and preach anyway? Have you ever heard of Dave Duell? No. I heard him at Grace Fellowship when I was attending Rama, And uh, he, when he got born again, he was a cattle rancher. And so he didn't have a congregation, so he would practice laying his hands on his cows. And uh, then God, he said, when I got saved, God moved him from the cattle business to the sheep business. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So, if you're going to be a blessed man, you've got to live a blessed life. You've got to live like Jesus lived. Paul said this in Galatians 2, 19 and 20. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. And, and the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Amen? We have a new role model. It's Jesus. He's an example that we can follow. When you follow his example, you get his results. How many want God's results? Hallelujah. Go to Romans 14.8 for a minute. Romans 14.8. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Romans 14.8 This says it right here. Whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. See, listen, you might as well just live for God all the way. Right? Let's just be all in for Jesus, doing what He wants us to do from this moment on. Doesn't matter if you, if you haven't been doing it to this point. Repent, confess your sins, repent, and move on. Amen? 
Alright. Number four. Whether you're blessed or cursed is determined by what you do. What you do. You've got to do His will. Go with me to Isaiah 56. Isaiah 56. Is this helping anybody tonight? Isaiah 56, verses 1 to 3. I'm one of those. Uh, I'm one of those kind of preachers. Our preachers. I, I teach with a little bit of fire, right? I got a little Tabasco sauce in my teaching, right? Maybe some jalapenos or poblanos, you know. I, I got a little bit of some hot stuff in my teaching. Amen. See, because when when God first called me, I was an evangelist, and then when He called me the pastor, I, I was. I remember the service where my heart changed. I, I was in the service, and I was watching this pastor. If he would move to the right, I, I followed him. If he moved to the left, I followed him. And I felt like God just reached into my heart and just adjusted my heart. And I knew that God was changing me from that moment. And uh, he put in a pastor's heart. I mean, if he can take out a heart of stone and put it on a heart of flesh, he can put in any kind of heart you need, right? But I still got that evangelist fire in me. Isaiah 56, verses 1 to 3. Thus says the Lord. Thus says who? The Lord. Oh. When the Lord talks, people listen. Keep your judgment and do justice. For my salvation is near to come and my righteousness is to be, to be revealed. Blessed is the man that does this. And the Son of Man that lays hold on it, that keeps the Sabbath from polluting it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Three, neither let the son of the stranger that has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. You are blessed if you do what God says. There is a blessing. God blesses those who does what He says. Amen? Amen? We're supposed to be doers of the Word, not just hearers only. Because we're blessed in what we do. Hallelujah. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I want you guys blessed. You know, I've been cursed and I've been blessed. Blessing is a whole lot better. It's much, much better. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Familiar scripture. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You need to keep speaking the word. Well, I don't feel like it. Then ask you how you felt. Did you know that God never God never asked anybody how they felt before he told them to do something? He never said, Moses, how do you feel about going back to Egypt? Every excuse that Moses gave why he couldn't do what God said, God answered every excuse. And then when he kept giving excuses, God was getting angry. Excuses are useless. Say excuses, excuses. 
are useless. Stop making excuses and start doing. Okay? But you shall meditate in it when you feel like it. Didn't he say that? How often did he say that? You know, some people feed their body more than they feed their spirit. Day and night that you may observe to what? That you may observe to discuss it. That you may observe to think about it. That you may observe to do it. Why does God want you looking in the Word? So that you can do it. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your eyes on the road. Uh, listen, if you're driving on the highway and you're not looking at the road, I'm not going to get near you. Why right? you got to keep your eyes on the road? What happens when you look while you're driving? Because the, the car goes that direction. Right? We're supposed to be looking into Jesus. Alright, so it's what we do. Hallelujah. Go, go to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 34. This is the other side of the coin. Second Chronicles chapter 24. And I just want to get better. Why are you getting up to all of my business? Because your business needs to be getting up into. The Holy Ghost wants to do something. Amen? See, and preachers always get in trouble when they talk and not turn. Second Chronicles chapter 34, verse 31. Oh, and by the way, never eat peanut butter and jelly while you're eating, while you're eating your Bible. What? You might get some jelly on the pages and they stick together. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Amen? Alright. Second Chronicles 34, 31. Notice what it says. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commands and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. That is not it. <laughs> anyway, it says, uh, the Lord's wrath is poured out on those who haven't kept the word. So how many want God's wrath? God, I want to take a survey. Can I see a show of hands who wants God's wrath? Well, if you don't want God's wrath? Whoa, that's just the Old Testament. Um, do you remember when Paul encountered a sorcerer named Elamus? No. What happened to that sorcerer when he opposed the gospel? He went blind for a little bit, didn't he? That's the New Testament. Right? Alright. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 24. 24 to 28. Therefore, whosoever... How many whosoever's are here? That would be all of us. 
Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and what? Does them. I will liken him unto a wise man. Who's talking here? Jesus. Jesus is talking here. He celebrates when you do his word. He rejoices when you do his word. That's what will make you a blessed man. I will liken unto him a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the wind blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not. Say it fell not. It It went through some trouble. It experienced some trials. It went through some hard times. But it came out on the other end. It was not destroyed. It was not ruined. It was not forsaken. The house was still there when everything else came against it. Because he does it. But on the other hand, verse 26, And everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them not, he shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. By not doing what God says, you're headed for a fall. What comes before a fall? Pride. Pride is trusting in yourself. Trusting in your own strength. Your own ability. And when you're trusting in your own ability, you're not trusting in God. And if you're not trusting in God, you're certainly not going to do what He says. And we will fall. And great will be the fall. There was a story in the Bible about a king named Saul. And he was given a simple assignment. I want you to go execute justice on the Amalekites. And I want you to wipe them out. Don't leave any animal. Don't leave any person. I want you to wipe it out. Okay, got it? He goes to the battle. He wipes some of them out. Right? And he keeps the best sheep. He keeps the best cows. He keeps the king. He keeps the king. Agag, I think his name was. And uh, Samuel comes on the scene, and he says, did you do what you were told to do? Oh, yes, I did it. I did it. And Samuel asked the obvious question, what's this bleeding of sheep I hear? You were supposed to kill the animals. You were supposed to kill everybody. It's God's judgment. God's throne is based on righteousness and justice. And God's justice will be executed at a point in time if no repentance ever occurs. Repentance can stop God's judgment and He'll always show mercy before judgment. But see, in Saul's mind, he was convinced that he was doing what he was told to do. But it was obvious that he wasn't doing, that he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Right? Oh, the people made me do it. You're the king, pal. <laughs> Whatever a king says is law. Don't tell me that you're the king. The people make me do it. They're not the king. You're the king. Pull up your pants. Pull up your, pull, pull up your pants there, pal. 
I want to say pull up by your bootstrap. But, and, and what happened? See, Saul did not repent when he was confronted. David, on the other hand, when he was confronted, he repented. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. He was quick to forgive and quick to repent. And so Saul did not repent, right? And when Samuel was walking away, right? He, Saul dove after him and he tore his coat. And Samuel said, just like you tore my coat, God's going to tear the kingdom from you. And Saul had a great fall. Not only did he, he lost the anointing of God. He lost the anointing. He, he still served as king. But he was tormented by an evil spirit. And the only relief that he could find is when an anointed man named David played. Samson didn't even know his hair was getting cut until he was going to face the Philistines. Oh yeah, Delilah did a job on him. She lulled him to sleep. First of all, he was playing around with sin. Oh, tell me your secret, Samson. Tell me your secret. Oh, you tie new cords around me. She did it. I mean, come on, you gotta get a clue, man. The blisters are upon you, Samson. Isn't that interesting? I told her that it was new cords, and she tied me new cords. He could have. He should have seen right then that that woman was no good. I'm telling you guys, if, if, if you're not doing what God wants you to do, you're headed for a fall. Don't, don't, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. I didn't say that. That's said in Galatians. Amen? Be careful what you sow. Alright, number five. The fifth thing that will determine whether or not you're you're cursed or you're blessed is what you study, what you listen to, and who or what influences you. What you study, what you listen to, or who or what influences you. Go to Deuteronomy 17. Deuteronomy 17. I'll give you a Texas colloquialism. I'm, com- I'm fixing to close. I'm commencing to begin to start to finish. <laughs> now, we'll be down here shortly. You know, I can only do what I can do, but God does the heavy lifting. Yep. It's the anointing that destroys yokes. Amen? <clears throat> if you came in with a yoke tonight, say bye-bye, yoke. That yoke's going to be dismantled and destroyed. It won't be able to be put back together again. And you'll be the better off for it. Amen? I just heard a testimony from these guys last year. A guy's kidneys got healed when he came to this conference last year. Someone say praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 17, verses 18 to 20. And it shall be... Now he's talking about the king... Did you know that you're a king and a priest? God made us kings and priests. Revelation says so. It shall be when he sits upon the throne of his kingdom 
that he shall write a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. Isn't that interesting? And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life. Say, all my days. All my days. That he may learn to fear the Lord, his God, to keep all the words of his law, and these statutes to do them. Verse 20, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. He's talking about the king. He's supposed to write a copy of the law. Keep it with them. Read it. Study it. Be influenced by it. God gave us a book. Forty authors, fifteen hundred years, they all talked about one person. Jesus. This is the number one best study beats every book combined. People gave their life for this book to preserve it, to pass it on. This is what the king was supposed to do. In another place in Isaiah 34, 16, it says, Search the book of the Lord and read. Everybody say, Read. Read. Well, I'm just not a good reader. Then pray. Pray about asking God to heal your reading. Amen? Amen. God can heal blind eyes. He can heal deaf ears. He can heal light bodies. He can certainly touch your mind. If you struggle reading, He can help you. Amen? There's no problem that God can't solve. Our God is awesome. He's the Almighty. There's no name greater than His name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Acts 17.11 Acts 17.11 I like this. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily. We say daily. Amen. To find out whether these things were so. Do you realize when the Apostle Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, preached, these people would study the book to see if what Paul was saying was true. They, they just didn't take the Apostle's word for it. They actually studied the book. And the Bible calls them more fair-minded. The Bible calls them blessed. Amen? Why? Because they studied. Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The world wants to define what God said. The world wants to define what a marriage is. He didn't create a marriage. God created a marriage between a man and a woman. Period. Life, a baby is a life in the womb. Life begins at conception. The world doesn't have the experience or the expertise to dictate when life begins. But when we're silenced, when we don't stand up, when we don't say anything, then the world's will will be done. But we've got to stand up. Amen? We have a two-edged sword. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce the dividing asunder. Do you realize when Stephen argued with the people, they couldn't argue against him? 
they saw the anointing. They, they saw the glory of God. All they could do was throw rocks at him. And even while he was being pelted with rocks, he forgave them like Jesus did. So, whether you're blessed or whether you're cursed about what you study, what you listen to, and what you're influenced by. You know, guys, we need to get an appetite for the things of God. Too many people has, have left their appetite waning. You know, when you take cares of the world upon you, do you realize it chokes the word and makes it unfruitful? Unproductive? When you're, you're supposed to cast your cares into Him because He cares for you. We're not supposed to be carrying those cares. When you, when you tell someone, be careful, don't say that. I don't want to be full of care. I cast all my cares. You get a bill of the mail, say, Jesus, you got mail. Amen? But see, the enemy uses three things. Fear, intimidation, and pressure. To try to get you off track so that, you can, so that he can get you on his territory. You know, if, we, if, you, if you try to take on the enemy in the flesh, you will lose every time. But if you take him on in the spirit, you'll whoop his little behind every time. Amen? Amen. How did Jesus defeat the devil? Three little words. It is written. And you know what? He knew where it was written. But then you got you got to say these other three words. It is also written, or four words. Why? Because the enemy will use scripture. He'll pervert the scripture, but he'll use scripture. And if you don't know if the scripture is correct, you can be deceived. Judas went and hung himself. Go down and do likewise. That's Bible. But then God's not telling you to go hang yourself. That's out of context. That's not writing and writing the word of truth. Because you don't study. Oh, I pay the preacher to study. You better study for your own self. Every test that you face in life is an open book test. God's giving you the answers right there. And besides, we're supposed to put the word where? In our heart. In our heart. So you're supposed to have it with you. Wherever you go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13. Alright, we're I, I see the finish line. It's inside. We're almost there. We're gonna bring it home. Romans 13. Verses 11 to 14. And that knowing the time that now is, it is high time to awake out of sleep. Has the world been asleep? Has the church been asleep? Oh yeah, we've been, we've been sawing on some Z's, man. <laughs> Say, wake up! It's time to wake up! Don't hit the snooze button. Wake up out of your sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. What's he talking about? He's talking about when this corruption puts on incorruption. It's getting nearer. Jesus' return is getting nearer, right? 
Verse 11. Or verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. It's time to strip darkness from our lives. It's time to cast off the works of darkness. Stop doing darkness. Stop doing lights. You know, God's work is light work. Right? And let us put on the armor of light. You know, God is the only God who shares His glory with His worshipers. He gives us His glory. When we glorify Him, He shares His glory with us. Amen? How awesome is that? Verse 13, let us walk honestly as in the day, not rioting. Well, that's a good message for today in our world, right? I think we need to go tell the devil to sit down and shut up and quit fighting and quit burning and quit living in some places. Imagine if a bunch of Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled people would go to these places and just start proclaiming the Word of God. The devil wouldn't know what to do. I mean... Jehoshaphat put the praises out before the warriors. He didn't even have to lift his sword. He didn't even have to take his sword out of the sheath. He walked to the battlefield and the, the enemy had killed himself. All they had to do was, what, three days gather the spoil. All right, boys, get the dump trucks. Get the wheelbarrows. All they had to do was show up and God fought the fight for them. You know, sometimes you don't always have to fight. You know, there's a but like Nehemiah, you always have to be ready to fight. You got a bill, you got a building tool in one hand and a sword in the other hand. You're building, but you're ready to fight. Amen. Because faith is a fight, but it's a good fight. It's one that you win. Verse fourteen. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Whoa. Everybody say. No flesh. flesh. One thing about the flesh, it can be trained. You can train it to do what you need it to do. Amen? You can say no to it. It may whine. It may cry. But guess what? It's got to do what you tell it to do. When I got born again, my spirit, the real me, he became in charge. My flesh had to take the back seat. My flesh had to get out of the driver's seat. Amen? I had to take over the wheel. Because your flesh doesn't agree with God. If you sow in the flesh, you'll of the flesh reap corruption. But if you sow in the spirit, you'll reap life and peace. I don't know about you, but life and peace sounds a whole lot better. And corruption. Amen? Alright, one, one last one, and I'm done. Whether you're blessed or you're cursed is determined by who you trust. If you're going to walk with God, we, we don't see God physically. He's like scotch tape. You can't see it, but you know he's there. Right? Proverbs 3, 5. Trust. Ever say trust. Trust. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? 
all of your heart, and lean not, if I say lean not, to your own understanding, but acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He'll what? He'll direct your paths. And you know what? He'll direct you to the blessing. He'll direct you out of darkness. He'll direct you to life. He'll direct you to peace. He'll direct you to restoration. He'll direct you to healing. Amen? So what kind of man are you? You're a blessed man. Say, I'm a blessed man. Say, I'm blessed of the Lord. I'm favored by God. And because of that, I'm increasing. I'm going forward. I'm coming out. My goodness, a dead man who was dead for four days. Jesus stood at the tomb. The Word stood at the tomb. And the Word made a declaration. Lazarus, you have to say Lazarus because you can't just say anybody come out because you don't know who's going to come out. Right? Lazarus! Show me where he's buried. Oh Lord, but he stinks. God, God is not bothered by your stench. He just wants you to come out. He wants you to come out of the stench. Lazarus, come forth. Here's Lazarus. He was wrapped in grave clothes. He couldn't get the hop. How did he see the entrance? He knew where the entrance was. How did he know? He heard the word. He came out of the grave. Right? But he still had death on him. And Jesus told the people, He said, You loose him and you let him go. Amen? Amen. Jesus told his disciples, You feed them. God wants to use you to touch. God wants to use you to bless. God wants to use you as an instrument of righteousness to help someone else like you've been helped. Mark 16, who did he say lay hands on the sick? Believers. He didn't say pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists. He said believers. How many believers are here tonight? Lift up your hands. Say, these hands are holy hands. Say, these hands are potent hands. I got power in these hands. They make a difference. I bless people with these hands. I cast out devils with these hands. I get the victory with these hands. Someone say, praise the Lord. Now, God brought you here tonight. He did not bring you here to leave the set. He brought you here to be changed, to be touched, to be filled, to be inspired, to get a fresh perspective, to be anointed, to get a fresh anointing. Amen? The anointing of God. Number one, who's here with any kind of sickness or pain in your body? Stand up. Actually, I want you guys to make your way right here. The blessing has the power to cure 